another edition of the New Age Boxing Podcast with me, your host, Andy White, and with me today, as always, Martin Theobald. I'm here. I'm ready. Let's go. I wonder what that was going, actually. I'm here. I'm... Yeah, no, that's it. No, I'm not a just, rapper. Just here. I've evidenced before. <laughs> uh, you just handed me a piece of paper, actually, with the notes from today's, and what strikes me straight away is Yusuf, Ma- Yusuf Mac Dog Pound. Dog Pound. He, he was in the Dog, dog pound. pound video. So, stay tuned for whatever the... Okay, that so. is a highlight. That is a highlight of the um, boxing world over the last week. Yeah, there doesn't seem to be a massive amount to go through. Um, so we just have to pad it out with stuff like you moving house. You may moving house, yeah. I mean, if anyone wants to hear about it, then, uh, you know, help Should yourselves. It's, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. If David Wilson Holmes are listening, I was then. Say, uh, didn't you say that they were a, a bit of a pig to deal with? Yeah, something? then, yeah. I mean, if, if David Wilson Holmes are listening, then you Which can. They undoubtedly are. Undoubtedly are. You can go fuck yourselves because you're terrible. <laughs> Next. That's, we, that's amazingly what we say to most of the people we talk about, seemingly. Yeah, so no, that goes, I'm, I'm busy all this weekend, uh, moving house, so great news. Okay, right, well, moving <laughs> swiftly on. Yeah, before we get uh, done for slander, okay, next. So there's not a lot to cover um, with the week just gone, the weekend just gone. Nothing. So, nothing at all. Nothing, it's so, a dry spell. Um, like so you. actually... I'll start off with one of my little factoids that I'm going to ask you to go with. Excellent. All right. We... Right. Okay. So, I can't see that because I've always been there. <laughs> um, right. Have a guess, right? There's, there's Boxing is illegal in three countries around the world. Illegal in three countries. Illegal in three countries. I don't expect <laughs> you to know these, but have a guess. Um. Right. Well... Let's narrow it down by region. Let's narrow it down by region. Um, I can't. It's not going to be the Far East because you get all the the kickboxing over in Thailand or whatever, and Chinese, you know, Chinese culture. They, yeah, they, yeah, they're all up for a bit of kung fu, aren't they? Um, <laughs> just to generalise everything. Yeah, well, that's um, everyone over there with Bruce Lee. So yeah, so so yeah, three countries: Saudi Arabia, okay. Finland. Right. And uh, Wales. And that, I, I don't know. I haven't got a clue. Why would I fucking know this? <laughs> right. Well, actually, um, seeing as we started the podcast with just like racially tarmacking things. Yeah, no. <laughs> Saudi Arabia, you were almost right because it's a ram. I'll so, say that. More or less the same. Yeah. I mean, who's really going to argue? Yeah, I haven't got many. Um, no listeners in Iran. So. Again, Finland, very close. Iceland. I'll take that. Jeez. Um, yeah, yeah. Again, more or less. Yeah. Um, and then the other one was uh, uh, Wales, very close. North Korea. North Korea, so, right. But well, I'd ruled out the Far East, so that doesn't count. Yeah, I mean, but um, you've said Wales is you know, much of a muchness. Pretty undesirable places to go. Yeah, yeah, sorry, okay, Wales. So that's, that's nicely padded. It was in, illegal in Norway, actually, until 2014. Fascinating. Okay. Now we've lost our listeners. Let's talk about the new. What have I got? To, sorry, back to boxing. <laughs> Um, in this country, yeah, right? So, not in places banned. So, uh, not that anything was signed in Iceland, Iran, or North Korea, but Quig versus Frampton. 
has come up. I thought this wasn't going to happen. I've written a piece today about this on the website about the um, trials and tribulations of this coming about. So there were three, to me, like key points this year, I suppose. One was um, Frampton fighting Chris Avalos on ITV, and then they get Scott Quigg up in the ring afterwards, and it's all a bit awkward because Scott Quigg's frankly not very good at English, despite you know being from this country. So uh, his interview <laughs> technique is pretty shocking. Um, yeah, uh, so <laughs> they kind of discussed it then, and nothing really came of it after that, despite the fact they clearly uh, stage managed getting the two of them in the ring to talk about it. Um, the second point of it being when um, Carl Frampton went and signed with Al Heyman, uh, which was a, a big thing, really. That uh, that kind of indicated that his career was going to go and take place over in America. And his first fight was, um, was taking place out of Texas, uh, which was actually his last fight. And the third element of it was, and uh, these aren't necessarily in chronological order, uh, but they are on the site, so go and read it was about um, Quig and Eddie Hearn turning up on Sky Sports News with the cheque for £1.5 million, offering it to, uh, you know, signed in the name of Carl Frampton. So these three things, uh, I mean, Frampton and McGuigan, uh, Barry McGuigan, his manager, came out afterwards and said, you know, that was a bit of a publicity stunt. They weren't really happy with it. They wanted to do things behind closed doors, not on Sky Sports News. Um, so at that point, it looked like it was possibly further away than ever. And then... Last week, news came out from the WBA, who, you know, uh, had a bit of a a rant about last week, that they were shifting their super champion in the super bantamweight division, which was uh, Guillaume Rigondeau, from being super champion to being champion emeritus, which essentially means that it's... What they use it for is for champions like uh, Vitaly Klitschko when he retires to give him uh, the opportunity to come back and be at the top of the tree to fight the, the champion at the time. Can, so, you be a, can you be a champion emeritus if you're dead? <laughs> well, you the WBA had somebody ranked in the top 10 of one of their divisions who was dead, so let's not rule anything out. Um, <laughs> you've been dead for like a year. <laughs> Mind you, if you came up as a zombie, you'd be a tough opponent. You would be, you would be. Halloween themed, nice. Um, yeah, so they moved Rigondeau to champion emeritus based on the fact that he hadn't been active particularly. This happened last week. Now, that's kind of understandable because he hadn't hadn't fought in their timescales, but it is inconsistent because Andre Ward is also WBA super champion at super middleweight and hadn't fought for the belt for two years, still hasn't fought for the belt in two years. But they haven't stripped him. They haven't moved him into champion emeritus status. They've left him as the WBA super champion. So, going back it's to the... because WBA seems to have their house in order so well. Yeah, yeah. they've got so many different belts. So, it's completely inconsistent, although it does follow the rules, ironically. They need some more so, belts, that's the problem. So, what they did was they moved last week Rigondeau into champion emeritus status, and they moved Scott Quigg into their super champion status. Right. Right, which is kind... It, it makes sense if you look at their rule books. It does make sense. Okay. What made it suspicious about last week was because there was a lot of talk from Hearn and Co that they were uh, working on getting this fight and it was fairly close to getting done. Last week they come out and stripped Rigondeau and moved Quig up. The IBF, which is who Carl Frampton is belted under as super bantamweight, 
wouldn't allow a unification fight between Carl Frampton and Scott Quigg. They say it's not a unification fight because okay. Scott Quigg is their regular champion in the WBA, not the super champion. To them, a unification bout would have been between Carl Frampton and Rigondeaux. Right. So they strip Rigondeaux, <laughs> move him out of the way, move Scott Quigg up into super champion status, and voila... <laughs> You can then make a unification belt. So now, not only do you have to sometimes qualify in order to qualify for the qualifying qualifier, like, as we sort of went through last week, to qualify for the regular, to then go through an eliminated... Now, there are ways that you can go from the regular to the super without even fighting. Yeah, he's won it by email. <laughs> <laughs> he's won that belt by email. Um, something suspicious happening in boxing. Newsflash. <clears throat> Yeah, so it started to get a little bit suspicious back end of last week when uh, that happened. So, yeah, they've now announced the fight. And don't get me wrong, it's a phenomenal fight. It's a great fight. It's to be the second best super bantamweight in the world, because Rigondeaux is still, you know, they both avoid him like the plague and don't talk about him. And he won't be mentioned in the build-up to this fight or anything what like that. Cuban. Cuban. Um, is that one of your quiz questions? Because... That actually you made sense. So yeah, that is a great fight um, domestically and worldwide. So it doesn't. The stupid thing is, it doesn't need these belts attached to it. Like it would sell without them. Um, so that's the shame of it, I suppose. So February twenty seventh at the Manchester Arena up in Manchester, obviously. Um, the idea is one of the the holding points over it was venue, um, and even then with venue is how do you uh, make it work so that you've got an equal amount of fans. So apparently, what they're going to be doing is um, splitting the arena, which is a twenty thousand arena. They're going to be splitting it fifty fifty amongst Irish and English fans, apparently, so that Frampton can bring his lot over from Northern Ireland. I don't know how you qualify that. I don't know. <clears throat> whether you have to be able to sing the Northern Irish, you know, oh, granted, they'll have our anthem anyway, I'm sure. Um, well, how it depends. I don't know. They don't people, do they? Uh, they I don't else. know. So, I don't know. yeah, I don't know how you pre-qualify whether somebody buying a ticket is Northern Irish. How do you then actually physically split an arena 50-50? But that was one of the sticking points. It's been overcome. Um, one of the other sticking points seemingly was Barry McGuigan and Eddie Hearn didn't seem to get along very well bit of a clash of egos but they seem to put that aside for presumably lots and lots of money so it's it's a really really good fight it'll be February 27th there's a full write up of the kind of background to the fighters the history of the fight the stepping stones to get there on the website which uh, I encourage you to go and have a read because I've put hours into it um, yeah, on, I don't even know what I'm asking because you have no sort of interest in this but will it be a pay-per-view it will be a pay-per-view yeah <clears throat> they've already announced there's someone it's... I know that's really passionate about that but it's different I don't have an issue there right you see I don't have an issue with this being a pay-per-view fight oh, because no no the the person <laughs> the person involved for the fighters will be large uh, I mean that's obvious by the fact that they offered one and a half million pound before and Frampton turned it down so you've got to assume he's earning over one and a half million pounds to take this fight so, in order to do that, you know, look at it. As we said, 20,000 people in the MEN. If you said an average of £10 a ticket, that's 200 grand through the door. It's not going to be £200. It's, sorry, a £10 a ticket is going to be £50 a ticket on average, say. So, that's a million pounds through the door. And then you've got, like, ring sides and... Like, yeah, really so if you said... Tickets. Say the, the gate receipts are going to be somewhere up to a one and a half million pound, maybe... Yeah. 
that doesn't cover the cost of getting these two in the ring. Or uh, all the promoters, actually. Yeah. <laughs> Plus, playing <clears throat> Yeah, sanctioning fees and all that stuff. Yeah. So, to get that level of fight, you know, Frampton turned down one and a half million pounds. So, he's on more than that for this Jeez. fight, clearly. So, I don't have an issue with it being a pay-per-view on that basis that they make big fights. You know, you kind of have to pay for it, which... And on the basis, so, to sort of like... Am I, am I right in thinking that you didn't think this was going to happen two months ago? So, it didn't look likely. So on the basis that made it happen, then that sort of qualifies as acceptable as pay per view. Yeah, I say the size of the, the fight, well. the size of the fight, and the money makes mm-hmm. it a perfectly reasonable pay per view. Don't get me wrong; I probably won't pay for it. I'll just find it online somewhere. But um, <laughs> on the grand scheme of things, that is one of the more acceptable pay per views going. I wonder how big you have to get as a podcast before you can stop condoning. <laughs> before you have to stop saying people should stream boxing. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh, three listeners. <laughs> um, okay, I'm right. sticking to my guns. Right. Fuck them. Fair enough. Stream whatever you want. Uh, Anthony Joshua, Dillian White press conference. That was today. Yeah, that happened today. It was, um, I don't know, disappointingly maybe. Uh, they only had Anthony Joshua and Dillian White. They didn't have Spike O'Sullivan and Chris Eubank there as well. So just the two big heavyweights. Um, which I suppose is the selling point of the the card. Well, at least Eubank um, senior. Well, didn't uh, sorry, actually, can I just didn't Eubank change his name to something? English. So Eubank senior wants to be known as English. I mean, he's stripped himself of Eubank and he's just called English, or he's uh, Chris English. No, no, English, English, English. just English, just English. Um, it should have been Snoop English or something. Just Look at him, as if, as if that's the weirdest thing he's ever done. <laughs> it's something to do with his, his dad was known by the uh, nickname of English. Um, it's only just become important to him now. Oh, don't. I, it's just a way of garnering more attention for himself <laughs> yeah. over his son's career, which is quite handy, really, because his son's career is a fucking joke, I thought we discussed last week. But, um, yeah, no, it, as if that's the weirdest thing that man's ever done. So... Um, so yeah, oh, yeah, the press conference was only uh, Joshua and White. Um, White turned up wearing, <laughs> I mean, following on from the theme of, of Batman and uh, press conferences, oh, White turned up in uh, a very purple suit that was quite reminiscent of like the Joker. <laughs> it was, um, but yeah, now they had the the customary face off and a bit of verbals exchanged and. You, you've covered before, I think, that uh, White floored Joshua in their amateurs, am I right? And beat him, yeah. Um, so that's what he's hanging it on, White, is, uh, look, I've beaten him before. He's When I spoke with White, he was saying, you know, I've beaten him before. When you've beaten a man and you've hurt a man, then that man is scared of you in the future. And so, like, he says, you know, I he knows that I can hurt him, and I was, will. Was this before Anthony Joshua turned into a tank, though? Was it, I mean, Yeah, it was, like, by all accounts, I think... Don't quote me on it, but I think it was Joshua's like first or second amateur fight. So he was only experienced. He was, um, but I mean, you look through the rest of his amateur fights, and he doesn't necessarily know what to do when he gets hit. And we haven't seen him get hit as a pro. And Dillian White will try and hit him. And Dillian White's a tough little bastard. Like, Is Dillian, do you think, on face value? Dillian White has the same potential as Anthony Joshua. Now, the reason I ask that is because if Anthony Joshua, Anthony Joshua is one of the most promising prospects we have right and if he gets if he does get punched you sort of I'd be a bit gutted if I was going from I'm kind of hoping that Anthony Joshua 
is going to be the next big thing. Has Dillian White got that potential if he was to beat Joshua? Yeah, undoubtedly. Oh, okay. um, <laughs> I don't know. You, you get, you've, you've heard more. Well, it's so hard. I've heard more about Anthony Joshua and his exploits than. Dillian. Well, you have because Sky make a fucking documentary about him once every half hour. <laughs> Um, yeah of course you do because Sky hype him up Sky have been on board of him from day one whereas Dillian White has had to go through the small halls and build himself up to this point and get his own exposure so the fact people don't know about him as much as they know about Joshua is purely because Joshua's got the Sky hype train behind him Um, so but so this is this is a clash of prospects absolutely and it doesn't just because one of them is going to lose because I mean, I'm not really a betting man, but if I was going to bet, it's not going to point. Someone's getting knocked out probably in the first six rounds. Um, whoever loses isn't like screwed. Their career isn't over. They can rebuild and come back, and that's fine. Um, it's very similar in a way to when George Groves and James DeGale first met, and they were both unbeaten super middleweights. And actually, the loser of that fight was James DeGale who has since gone on to win a world title and is now the world title holder in that division, while George Groves has lost three world title fights and has seemingly gone incognito. So just because you lose a big fight between two kind of prospects, it doesn't make you... It doesn't end your career by any Mm -hmm. means. Um, So in terms of who's... I don't know, it's such a hard one to call because, yes, Joshua has looked more impressive of the two in his career today. I think that's fair to say. You know, he's knocked out everyone. I think uh, White has knocked out... uh, He's failed to knock out three of his opponents. They've gone to points. So, yes, Joshua's done it like a runaway train and White has done it under the radar a little bit more, but he's still been... He's got the power on him to hurt Joshua. Like, okay, you can say it was Joshua's first amateur fight and what have you, but he can't have trained that chin any further over the last however many years. Like, it's still the same chin he got hit with in the first place. So if White connects with him, then yeah, he could he could finish him. Finish him. Okay. Um, any more to say about the press conference? No, not really. It was actually it was quite reserved. What there did was Dylan no. White turn up as. I said he turned up in his purple suit. No, was, uh, that, well, that was Andy Joshua, wasn't no. it? No. Oh, sorry. Who, what did Andy Joshua turn up as then? Andy Joshua, mate. Oh, really? he, he dressed really well as him, actually. <laughs> <Yeah>. He was... <laughs> uh, Mr. T or something. He, he was staying humble. He was uh, he was knocking out all the cliches. So, yeah, uh, it was fairly what? reserved. There was no pushing, shoving or anything like that. Okay, so let's move on to the Yusuf Mac Dalg... Pa- you actually spelt it Dalg... That's what it's called! Is it? Yeah. All right. What the fuck is it? The fuck is it? Yusuf Mack is probably best known on these shores um, as the guy that lost to Carl Froch a few years back at the Nottingham, um, uh, whatever it's called in Nottingham. I was there at the time, so I probably ought to know. Uh, It was in November. I know that because uh, I got a bloody um, driving ticket at the time. It was in November. It was cold. I remember that. Yusuf Mack wasn't really that good. Carl Froch blew him away as after the Butte fight. Um, now, Yusuf Mack recently came back to prominence. He's a retired fighter. He's uh, he's a bit low down on his luck. He's got 10 kids. Uh, you know, he's... Oh. Yeah! Oh, I know what this Wait, is. Wait a minute, that's the kind of sound effect I heard when I... <laughs> um, yeah, he's down on his luck. He's got 10 kids. So... Yeah, 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 yeah. 
He gets an offer. Yusuf Matt gets an offer. He gets contacted on Facebook. Do you want to be in a porn film? He's a fucking. He's an alpha male, isn't he? He used to be a boxer. He turns up at his porn film, right? Damn straight. Aren't he? Yeah, damn straight. He's on the. He's on the tube out of uh, out into oh, New York City. Pound, man, <laughs> man gets on the train. He turns up and he, he turns up at his apartment. Apparently, there's these beautiful women walking around naked. They give him a, a, a little drink. Give him a little shot or something, you know, just to get him, you know, lubricated a little bit, Wait, so to speak. Go. I mean, he's going for the chance of a lifetime. He's going for the chance. Well, this is his chance to break back into the big time, baby. Yeah. So he gets boxer turned pro porn star. Yeah, he wouldn't take that. Who wouldn't do it? You know, he's got ten kids, so he's clearly, you know, he's a very uh, sexual man. He's like an alpha male's boss. Alpha male's boss. He's the boss of alpha males. So. Takes a shot, uh, takes the pill that they've given him. Uh, this is all by his account. <laughs> takes a little pill they've given him. So what is this? Don't worry, don't ask what it is, mate. Don't ask what it is. You just turn up at a porn film. Only, only a, a beta or omega male would ask what pill this is. I'm an alpha male. Obs, 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 obs. obs. <laughs> yeah, next the pill down. Wakes up a few hours later <laughs> on the train back home with, I think it was about three grand yeah. in uh, in cash in his pocket. <laughs> so he dumped him on a train unconscious. Doesn't really remember an awful lot about it. Um, oh, and yet he starts getting uh, starts getting avoided by the boys in his hood. Uh, they're, they're swerving him on the streets. They're, they're not looking him in the eye. Must be odd because you've been the leader of the pack for so long, right? Until one day, one of his friends takes him aside and tells him uh, why people may not be respecting him in the same way they were. Turns out, in this memory loss period that he's had, he was involved in a gay pornography, um, which uh, I haven't watched it. It's not really my cup of tea, I'm going to be honest. But I have seen a few screenshots. Um, and yeah, he's, you know, he's, he's... only about 15, actually. <laughs> I thought I had a virus on my face. No, no virus. Well, yeah. He's probably got a virus now. Look at some of those shots. But, uh, yeah, he was getting... I mean, yeah. He, uh, you know, his boxing career seemed to be built on... Or wasn't built in his case. So it should have been built on decent head movement and things. And he was putting that into practice during the filming. Um, He subsequently, you know, he's come out and he's angry about the dog pound, who are the people that have, uh, have filmed this, right? And he's he's mouthing off about, you know, they're, they're scumbags, they're giving me this pill, I don't remember any of it, blah, blah, blah. Well, you should have thought of taking the pill, mate, do you know what I mean? I mean, what is it? I mean, what can somebody say? It's a, a headache pill, I don't have a headache. Well, anyway, he's subsequently to that now mm-hmm. come out uh, and said, I'm really embarrassed about this, and actually I'm... Uh, I'm a bisexual man who enjoys men as much as I enjoy women, and it was all a lie. And uh, basically, this dog pound lot had threatened legal action against him for saying that they were working in improper, you well, know, handing out pills. Rapist, and, yeah. yeah, and so like they've taken great offence, said you know we'll we'll That's take legal action, and so he's come out and now apologised. So Yusuf Mack is. Uh, you know, he's a liar, frankly. Um, you know, if you want to be a bisexual man, be a bisexual man. Nothing wrong with that whatsoever. But don't come out with some bollocks about taking a pill like he's in the Matrix or something. The, the, it's... the curious thing is that he, he's gone... He wants to keep this under wraps, clearly. He does a porn film. That's the curious thing. I don't, what, did he just think that no one was going to see it? Well, I presumably did. I guess he probably thought nobody was going to recognise him because he's a fairly middle-of-the-road boxer from a few years back. But, uh, yeah, it, it turns out one of his mates, at least, is a fan of watching gay porn. 
Yeah. <laughs> or else, how else did anyone find out about this? Yeah, none of us suspect you because we don't like that sort of thing. Yeah, well, a bit harsh, but uh, sorry, who who saw it? No, nah, it wasn't me, mate. No, 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 hearsay, mate. None hearsay. of us, mate. None of us saw it, but we know it happened. So yeah, we're, uh, that's that's the story of use of Mac that's come out this week. So gone from a very uh, under the radar middleweight boxer or super middleweight boxer to headlining his own porn films to crying rape, which yes. is not cool. Not a so. good thing. Um, it's been a slow week. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I it only clicked halfway through for me, which was the dawning realization we were about to talk about homosexual. Porn. Did I not tell you we're turning this into a boxing slash gay porn podcast? <laughs> Did I not send that text? It's still in my outbox, isn't it? <laughs> Wait till next week, man. We're on to the dog pound two. <laughs> Meat and men. Oh, is that what you're saying to me on the phone now? <laughs> <laughs> right, anyway, moving on to... Man uh, Explosion what's coming, 4. What's, what's, what's coming up? Oh, God. Feels like a euphemism. Right? Uh, um, Goodwin Out and About show from... No, I'm just trying to make that rhyme. So, Goodwin Out, uh, Out and About show from York Hall. So, let's uh, talk about... Yeah, I mean, it's a fairly uh, low-key card, really. They've got its um, is following on from their October 17th card. They've actually got two cards out in November. So this is a, a number of... There's a couple of debutantes that are due on there. Uh, it's an opportunity to get their fighters out and uh, and fighting. So it's not a, not a huge kind of stacked card, particularly. Um, but, yeah, it's Saturday night down at York Hall. So if you happen to be around in London, uh, get yourself down to it and see their new setup that they've got there. You've uh, sort of spoken about the um, well. We, we I think we covered it comprehensively enough in the last podcast about how much you sort of uh, you how well you think they do down your course. Yes. If anyone yeah. really, if 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 you didn't listen to the last podcast and you want to uh, sort of have it uh, emphasised a bit more or just detailed a bit more, then go back and listen to the last show. Uh, let's move on then to the Liverpool Sky card that you've got coming up. So are these the fights we've got? Callum Smith versus Rocky Fielding. For the, uh, for, are we are we talking belts here or? Yeah, this is uh, this is a great fight. And you know how you were saying earlier about two prospects in White and Joshua fighting. Yeah. This is two prospects in Smith and Fielding, but they're probably. I suppose you could argue they're further down the line in their career than White and Joshua. Um, but this is as much as. I go on record as not liking necessarily the work of Eddie Hearn and Matchroom. This is an example of where they're actually doing a really, really good fight. These are both Matchroom fighters. Um, they're both undefeated, super middleweight. So what they could do, in theory, is make them avoid each other. And they could go down different title routes and then maybe fight when they've both got titles or something to make loads of money. But what they've done instead is they've taken Callum Smith, who's 17-0, and um... And Rocky Fielding, who's 21 and 0, and they've put them into a British title fight. Uh, they're both Liverpudlians. The cards in Liverpool, um, so it's huge, really. It's uh, uh, it's a massive fight, not just for the city, but I say just super middleweight boxing in general. They're both touted. Um, certainly, Callum Smith is touted as being a potential future world champion, uh, and could move on to to being so soon after this but it's not a gimme fight by any means like Rocky Fielding has got balls about him and he can hit um and Smith showed against Rabrasse uh in one of his previous fights that he to me he didn't look very good when he was under pressure so Fielding can put him under pressure 
early doors, and I think it could really open up for him. Um, neither fight has ever been defeated, so it's a great fight to put on. And it's not a fight they had to do at this stage of their career. So, you know, fair play for doing that because they get a lot of criticism for not doing it. Okay. Um, so... Good, good fight and prospect. It's a really good fight. It's it will be a good fight, I'm sure. Okay, I'm just gonna break us up here for another little. Uh, oh man, alive! <laughs> Let's roll. Actually, you might be right with this one. Do you know who the heaviest and tallest Nikolai Valuev champion is? Yeah, there you go. Right, right bang! So it's the one David Hay fought. Oh, I'm not gonna give you the other one now. So it's one all. It's too easy for you. It's two one. I won that other one earlier. <laughs> uh, do you know how much he weighs? That's what are we not, talking, stone or pounds? You or? can choose whatever you want. Uh, no, I don't in any, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, right. Uh, <laughs> if I had to take a punt, to... 23 stone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yes, really? That's right, yeah. I'll tell you that. Um, oh, oh, right, you can't see that bit. So, uh, maybe we'll save that one. Right. Actually, no, we'll go for this one. Just out of interest, so therefore I just thought, you know, on the subject of boxing... Yeah, how and many Nikolai Valuevs could you fit in a Luton box van? <laughs> well, this is crazy, right? Yeah. Because I could get the heaviest material known to man, which could be the size of a stone, but weigh twenty three stone, twenty four stone. How many Nikolai Valuevs can I? Yeah, um, you can't. You can't go over. Is he standing or laying? You, you can't go over the the legal limit of the weight, and it can only take three and a half tons. Three and a half tons. Three and a half tons. Oh, I haven't. God. Well, you I know you don't have a clue. Uh, what colour's the van? <laughs> that's. I can recognise why you. Uh, it's, uh, it's basically it's white with a red stripe across it and a blue dot in the right top right corner. Ah, uh, those ones are weak. Um, <laughs> seven. Remember, you've got three and a half tons. You've got. I don't have a clue how many stones in a ton. I didn't come here prepared for this, right? Twenty-four. 24. 24. I don't think you could. I'm going to argue this. I think he's too big to be able to fit in. Well, weight-wise, you'd be all right. Weight-wise, fine. Might, you but you're going to have to go and do like... Like a compressing machine. Yeah, I'm not having that. <laughs> right, that's a draw. Okay. 24. Okay, right. So we'll, we'll go. I've got some more layer, actually, for you there. Right. More Nikolai <laughs> Valuevs. <laughs> 25. <laughs> right. So, yeah. What else can you do with 25 Nikolai Valuevs? Uh, let's go back into boxing. Scott Card is it Cardell or Cardell? Uh, Scott Cardell yeah. versus Sean Dodd. Yeah, Sean Dodd. Um, he came off the back of a surprise win when he was a late standing against Gary Buckland uh, back in September, which when uh, Cardell was meant to be fighting himself. This is the British lightweight title. Um, yeah, Dodd was a surprise winner against Gary Buckland. Gary Buckland retired on the back of it. It should be a really good fight. Scott Cardle is 18-0, and um, and Dodd is he's won 10, lost 1. So it's a good good fight. Scott Cardle, he gets a lot of criticism for being a bit of a boring fighter. Um, some of it just, some of it not so much. Um I think Cardle will probably come through it. It's uh, say British lightweight title. I think Cardle will come through it. Personally, I can see it going to points. It's what you do with Cardle after this. It is if he wins it and if he comes through, uh, he doesn't get many of the the kind of headlines. So the lightweight scene in Britain is stacked. You've got Kevin Mitchell. You've got Ricky Burns. You've got Luke Campbell. Um, 
you've got Terry Flanagan. I'm sure I'm missing one there, but I can't think of it off the top of my head. So apologies. Uh, and Crawler be the other one. So you've got all these big names, and you've got Scott Cardle who goes under the radar, really. So I don't know what you do with him if he wins this, other than as they've done with Fielding and Smith, is start trying to match him up with somebody else in their um, in their stable of fighters. So the other card, the other fight on this card is Ricky Burns versus Josh King, which is a bit of a, a crap fight, really. Like Ricky Burns should beat. King, he's an Australian coming over for it, he suspect coming over for the payday. But this is a good example. I'm not saying you would do it on this card where you've already got Fielding and Smith fighting each other, so two fighters from the same stable. But this is a situation where you should have Scott Cardle and Ricky Burns fighting each other rather than I mean, don't get me wrong, the Cardle and Sean Dodd fight is actually fairly good. Um but if Cardle wins this and goes on, what do they do with him? Put him in with Ricky Burns. Put him in with a Luke Campbell or something like that. So start Shall getting... Like that night. Yeah, yeah, like King of the Ring in <laughs> yeah. old school WWF. Um, but no, get him in with... And start actually matching these fighters off because it generates a lot of interest when you start getting all British unbeaten yeah. prospects to fight each other. People care about that more than they care about Josh King being flown over from Australia to fight Ricky Burns. I mean, it's an upgrade in his old prison canteen victim that he had uh, <laughs> up in Hull, but it's not a great fight. And so hopefully, I say, hopefully, I'm really hoping for Sky's benefit, or for fans' benefit more than Sky's, but there would be good viewing figures on Saturday night because it would show that there's actually interest in seeing a decent fight, a 50-50 fight between two British fighters at similar points in their career. Don't get me wrong, Ricky Burns isn't at the same point in his career as Scotty Cardle, but it would be a good fight to make and see how good Cardo actually is and move him on. But uh, they won't do it, so I don't know what I'm on about. <laughs> Frankly. Um, right, but you've gone for... You reckon Scott Cardle's going to come through that? I think Scott Cardo on points, be my guess. <clears throat> Excuse me. Okay, so did we, did we get a... I don't remember us getting a prediction off you for the character. No, I swerved it entirely because... I'm not driving the Luton Box van anymore, oh. so give me Callum uh, Smith. Uh, I'm going to go for value ev, 23 value evs on points. Um, no, I've, 24. <laughs> uh, fielding knockout late rounds. Well, it's more specific than I asked for, but thanks. Okay, so right, brilliant. I'm going fielding somewhere between nine and twelve. Okay, somewhere between nine and twelve. I think that'd be an upset. It would be an upset. I mean, uh, for for uh, for Fielding, it'd be an upset. Smith is the the bookie's favourite. I just think Fielding is possibly dirtier, a little more well, schooled. He's called Rocky. I think we've mentioned this before. He's not he? actually called Rocky at all. I can't no. remember his real name, but uh, he's a mad about real name. <laughs> English has told us that. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I I think he's slightly. Cannon Smith's better schooled. He's got a very good amateur background. I just think. Fielding slightly more, uh, more of a man in a boxing ring, more of a um, <laughs> not a Yusuf Max style man, but more of a, a dirty kind of fight. I think you'll be able to weigh him down. Okay, all right. Um, do you feel like you want to talk much more about the Ricky Burns Josh? King? No, absolutely not. No, how rubbish it was. No, Ricky Burns will knock him out. Okay. Josh King was the guy that fought the prison. No, no, Ricky Burns oh, fought the. He yeah. was a guy from like some Ghanaian prison. Yeah, yeah. Know. Whereas Josh King's coming over from Australia, which oh, is right, sorry, yeah. similarly yeah. like a prison, so <laughs> full of uh, convicts. 
Okay. Um, one more nation to uh, tick off my <laughs> slander list <laughs> this evening. Is anyone still listening? I'm only joking. I'm not sure. We've had a pretty wide field of... I don't, I don't know if we've offended anyone so far on this podcast. We've done pretty well to swerve. I've just called all of Australia full of convicts. So oh, right, I yeah. think I may have, uh, may have ticked that box. But <laughs> That's just a historically only... accurate statement. Yeah. Um, right, friends okay. there and everything. Right, factoid, factoid time. Right. How excited you were. Brilliant. So this is a decider, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, we've got two actually, but that, the last one, I've, I actually, I wrote it and then I was like, oh, actually, question marks. How many Manny Pacquiao's can you fit in a loot and box fan? Forty-three. Fifty-three. Oh, oh, shit. And you probably could as well, because obviously there'd be like little mannequins you could just, because it's so little. Yeah. Yeah, I'm gutted about that. <laughs> okay. Uh, about, and then I looked at Carl Froch. But then I thought, problem with Carl, problem with Carl Froch is he doesn't tessellate well. <laughs> the, it would be like playing Tetris, getting that nose in yeah, various... It's like trying to put hangers, like when you're packing up your house, hangers in a box. They just don't tessellate well. Yeah. That, that schnaz is going to get in the way yeah. of the shutter door and stuff. Yeah, it's, a, it's an impressive it's, feat. It, <laughs> it's 46, but I'd be surprised if you can get two in there, to be honest. I'm going with 46. Well, that's correct. You win the quiz. Excellent. Well done. Um, yeah. Have you got anything else to add? <laughs> Not on that bombshell. Um, um, we've, as you probably noticed, the podcast a bit later this week. Um, it's because we knew about the quick Frampton announcement, so we're just holding off to yeah, that. So we, we are good at predicting the future. Yeah, um, and yeah so big, time, did it, big time. Big yeah, time. In fact, that'll do. I'm going to explain any more. Um, Don't need to. No, so, <laughs> I, I just did. So. In a way. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, yeah, so uh, that's. Oh, fucking hell. Okay, so nothing much more to tell you. We'll be back next week um, with a bit more on whatever's happened. Um, yeah. Can you see any? Oh, we'll have the reviews, obviously, of the, of the fights you've so brilliantly gone through there. And can we work out how many Floyd Mayweathers fit into a 747, maybe? Or uh... I can have a go. I mean, yeah. I, I, if one thing appeals to a lot of boxing fans, it's algorithms. <laughs> and how many can fit in a. <laughs> how many people can fit in a Yusuf Mac? <laughs> <laughs> the difference is there's concrete evidence of that online. Yeah. So Three. Send <laughs> I mean, you sent me enough screenshots, but <laughs> yeah, we can prove that. We can't prove just... the uh, unless anyone's got a box fan. In which case, lend it to me for moving house as well. <laughs> got to stop. Right. Thank you very much for listening. We'll be back at some point next week. <laughs> Goodbye from me. Goodbye. Sorry. <laughs>